getting the text. Always be prepared to take a look at it. This morning, we are beginning a mini-series on apologetics. The text that we read from, 1 Peter 3, verse 13 to 17, is one of many biblical passages from which we get the concept of apologetics. In verse 15, the word translated from the NIV as give an answer is from the Greek word apologia. And it's better translated as the ESV translates it, make a defense. The study of apologetics is the study of how we should defend our faith. Apologetics and evangelism are linked. Evangelism is is the offense, while apologetics is the defense. Just as in football, basketball, or hockey, you need both a good offense and a good defense. So too, as people who are the light of the world, ambassadors for Christ, witnesses for him on earth, we, we need both the offense, as expressed in our mission work, and the defense of our faith, which is the subject of apologetics. There has always been a need to defend the faith, to uphold and defend the truths of Scripture, for our world has always been opposed to the truth of God's Word. As John 3, verse 13 says, Do not be surprised, my brethren, that the world hates you. The early church had to defend itself against many attacks from the world. For instance, many Christians were martyred because they were accused of cannibalism since their leader said they must eat his flesh and drink his blood. So those cannibals were liars, my friends. Others were martyred because they were accused of witchcraft. After all, don't Christians preach about love between brothers and sisters in marriage? What really goes on in the Christian community anyway? Still others were martyred under the accusation that they were atheists. There were no images of Roman gods in their homes or places of worship. Pretty much atheists, right? So burn them at the stake, my brothers. In addition, the word of God was attacked. Christian leaders, apologists such as Justin Martyr, Origen, Arrhenius, and many others, spoke up in defense of the word of God and pointed out that the charges against the word were inaccurate charges meant to lead people astray. Many of these apologists were martyred because of their defense of faith. For instance, Justin was known just as Justin until he was beheaded around the year 165. Ever since, he has been known as Justin Martyr. Now, more than 20 centuries later, things have, have things changed much? Has the world become less hostile to the truth of the gospel? Aren't people more accepting of other views than they used to be? Around the world, more Christians were martyred in the last century than in all the combined centuries preceding the 20th century. At this very moment, many Christians are facing violent persecution because they have stood firm in their defense of their faith in Christ. And here in our own country, the lead article on Yahoo News a week ago, a 
on that Friday, in the midst of a government shutdown, as politicians argue with their deputies, and it has become increasingly apparent to people with common sense that a nation cannot continue to print money to pay for debts of wise politicians that have never occurred in the first place. As all this news stood at the Trenton Central Station, what was the main headline on October 11th? The number one headline on Yahoo News had this lengthy title, Self-Professed Bible Prophet Makes Explosive Allegation About Jesus That He Believes the Rock of Jacob's Faith Is Broken. The article described the allegation of Joseph Hathorne that the Romans invented the idea of Jesus Christ in order to gain control over the Jews. Hathorne is reported in the article saying, although Christianity can be a comfort to some, can also be very damaging and destructive. An insidious form of mind control that has led to blind acceptance of the wisdom of the prophets and more like this man. That headline is just one of many that show the direction of our culture. In some areas of the world at least spiritual revival and a great hunger and thirst for the word of God, nations are deliberately separate from each other as Uganda and South Korea among many others. Our nation has gone the opposite direction. There is a growing animosity in our nation against the gospel, against the Bible, against people who are being foolish enough to believe in Genesis and the Bible. Dr. Peter Jones, professor at Westminster Seminary in California, has written an excellent book on our context titled One or Two. Dr. Jones grew up in England and attended grade school, but none other than John Lennon, famous for his part with the Beatles. Peter Jones describes how he and John Lennon both came to the United States in 1964 and had very different goals. The Beatles, of course, were teaching a music course with music that would have a lasting negative impact on our culture. Consider a song like Imagine, written by Lennon in 1971, in which he writes, Imagine there is no heaven, it's easy if you try, no hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no country, it is hard to do, nothing to kill or die for, and no religious creed. That was the ideal world in the mind of Lenin. No heaven, no hell, no religion. Just imagine everyone living in peace. But that'll never happen without the principle of Jesus Christ. He holds the keys of heaven as the way of the truth and the life. And he holds the keys of hell as the judge of the living and the dead. In contrast to John Lennon, Peter Jones came here to America to study. He studied for 10 years and then moved to France for 17 years, where he taught in his own seminary. He returned to the U.S. in 1991, and he writes in the preface of his book, when I returned to the U.S. in 1991, culture shock knocked me flat. I had never seen or even read such radical changes as those I saw. The Christian America of my 1960s student days had become not only post-Christian, but anti-Christian. A 
when I first set foot in American soil, I discovered amazement so piercing when I saw that I had died and gone to heaven. You have to remember that he was comparing this with the Jews who lived in the land of Canaan. So he says, use this wit or hook and spear to draw men in. He goes on to write, I feel like a historical artifact, someone who has seen the momentous event from the beginning to the contemporary progress. How could America, the greatest settler nation of missionary enterprise in the 20th century, become sophisticated and exporting the most toxic and destructive ideology the world has ever seen? biblical defense of Christianity that is desperately needed today in our culture for us and for our neighbors and for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Another crucial area of apologetics is the defense of our faith and the false teachings that are taking over in the biblical church. In biblical times, both Old Testament and New, there were a whole host of
Worship that is reverent, God-centeredness, affection. Worship is realizing that the truth of Hebrews 12 and 34 says that we must worship God skeptically with reverence and awe. It is described by Henry in the visible church as boring. In its place, an effort is made to make church into the same place where everyone has fun. The message of the church is described in 1 Timothy 2 and 16 as the pillar and foundation of the truth has been radically changed. The fun reason why we are um, another reformed is because we are reformed congregation. We desire to be part of a federation of churches that commit themselves to faithful preaching and living out of the word of God, regardless of what the world or other professing Christians think of us. Do you see the importance of apologetics? We need to defend the truth of Scripture, not just in the world, but in the visible church as well. We need to defend not just against radical homosexual bishops like Bishop Robinson, elected by President Obama, but we also have to guard and defend ourselves and others from unbiblical practices that creep into the church under the guise of wise and friendly strategies for winning people to Christ that are actually foreign to the gospel. Whether in evangelism, apologetics, or any areas of other areas of life, we must always follow the teaching of the Word of God. When we substitute our own ideas, whether in worship, evangelism, or apologetics, we are trying to be wiser than God. We need to take heart Paul's injunction to young Timothy. Watch your life and your doctrine, unquote, in 1 Timothy 4 and 16. While apologetics involves defense against the accusations of the world and the false teaching of much of the visible church, it also involves a defense of what we believe. A defense of what we believe to any individual who asks of Jesus for the hope that we have. Must be the truth of Scripture. In order for someone to ask you for the reason for the hope that you have, you need to live a life that shows that you truly have hope. For example, faith in Jesus Christ. It has often been pointed out that one of the most effective witnesses we have and one of the best defenses for our faith, apologetics, is the life that is lived in faithful obedience to the Word of God. That's why the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, tells us, that we are letters from Christ written not in ink, but in the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human flesh. 2 Corinthians 3. If your life doesn't show that you are a letter from Christ, your life is no different from the lives of the unbelievers. No one will ever ask you about the hope that is within you. But if you are a doer of the word, and not just a hearer, if you endeavor to live as Christians ought to live, others will notice that you are different. You won't fit the pattern of the world, and eventually they will ask you about that. 
they do, and you can be prepared for the absence of those things. It can be a simple answer to God. A simple answer is usually better than a complicated answer. An example of a simple answer any of us could give are these three words that summarize the pattern of Jesus. Sin, salvation, service. We have hope within us because although we are sinners, we have salvation laid at his feet. Thus we live a life of joyful service to his name. We have three words, sin, salvation, service. Can be in a sentence outline to summarize your life and explain to others why you have a blessed, joyous hope that an alien is born as you give a response to whoever asks you for the hope that is within you, you must do so with childlike faith, with gentleness, respect, and with honesty. That is, you can't defend a faith, or for that matter, evangelize what is holier than thou attitude. Nor can you effectively defend the gospel if you are filled with fear and you have learned no faith. And the way to overcome fear as well as to overcome a haughty attitude, is to set apart, more accurately, sanctify Christ as Lord, which is Mary and Christ. Do not, you rest in the power as revealed in Scripture, not some epic of your own making. And then, accept the fact that you may be wronged, reviled, and suffer for your faith. After all, one in whom you believe was slandered, reviled, and suffered greatly for his name. He says, I did it to you for the sake of these two. Apologetics isn't about always winning the argument for the unbeliever. It's about being faithful to the scriptures and the Lord and leaving the results of that faithfulness to the Lord. In coming weeks, closely at how to defeat our how to defend our faith some using some of those points God gives us Peter gives us in first Corinthians 7 we will also look at the link between apologetics and evangelism so that by God's sanctifying spirit within us we may always be prepared to give an answer of defense to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope 